Hi, and welcome to Louisiana Sister Squad podcast. I'm your host, Katie Truther, and today I'm going to be speaking with Layla. She's also known as Propaganda Fluid on Instagram and YouTube. I'm assuming she's probably on Rumble and all these wonderful channels, but she's an awesome person. Followed her for quite some time, and I love her content. So I'm excited to bring her here to you guys. Welcome to the show, Layla. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad we finally um, did this. We've been in the same circles for so long. It was very necessary, and I love your show. Well, thanks so much. Let's get started with telling our audience kind of what kind of content you're talking about and how you are so proficient, so fluid in propaganda. Yeah. So after 2020, I was sort of um, disenchanted with the level of stupidity of humanity, you know, the way that we just all went for a psyop, because obviously not, it's not really discussed or talked about or explained or explored in society, the idea of propaganda, um, manipulation, social engineering, not the social engineering where you're being a hacker, but the idea that there are specific think tanks and groups of people who outline and engineer how society is going to run and be shaped, people's perceptions and attitudes. So after seeing that, I thought, you know, why don't I speak up and speak out and get out there and try to help people become more fluent in the language, the, the deceptive language of propaganda. So that's what I try to do with fun little videos, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they really are. And you touched on some like pretty heavy hitting topics, um, calling out a lot of not just propaganda, but seeming like hypocrisy, which is really important. And the messaging, um, how they're telling you, know, I say they will just round about they how they're <laughs> telling people uh, what's right and what's good. And what really there seems to be this like sinister message behind it. So I guess a even better starting place would be, um, can you define what propaganda is? Okay, so propaganda is a type of communication style where you are not ultimately, and this is something that people mix up, is it's not ultimately about getting someone to believe something or find something to be true, you know, the brainwashing thing. Propaganda is to, engage people and get them to act and react defined by certain cues that the propagandist has defined within that person so it's about taking action and a lot of the times the people are deceived uh, overwhelmingly to act in certain ways that have outcomes that they are that have unintended outcomes so for example propaganda perfect example is the defund the police a lot of the black women specifically who were advocating for that and chanting for that within like BLM and other organizations thought that was a way to reduce the, the injustice and crime and issues of the police, the police brutality, which they also overinflated. But beyond that, it would make their lives better. The unintended consequences, however, is like in, for, <laughs> for example, in Chicago, black women now disproportionately, and I'm sure before, but dispropor disproportionately face um, violent crime and are victims of violent crime. So unintended, uh, unintended consequences, it got them to react. They didn't know what was actually going to happen. They didn't think things through. And yeah, it was a perfect propaganda campaign. That's just wild how many instances, once you're awakened to how that works and how it's used, like looking back and seeing it 
used repetition repetitiously for different things. So not only did you bring up defund the police, but I think BLM is tied into that. And so what was some of the messaging that was really like bright red for you during BLM? Oh, BLM. Oh my God. So number one, whenever you hear people like chanting and screaming about things that aren't really a big issue because social media made it a big issue, you can pretty, you know, you can see what it is. It's a, a subversive operation. Like, it's um, an active measure, as they call it, uh, where they're trying to manipulate the public and society to get them to believe and react and go along with new policies and reimagined scenarios where, oops, it ends up that the power is shifted and a whole bunch of Marxists are now taking over. So BLM was a great example of that. Um, it was just, it was part of a revolution. We're going through an ongoing cultural revolution, similar to the one in China, not as um, I would say not as uh, brutal and mechanical as that one, but definitely we're going through our own cultural revolution. And I just see BLM as one aspect of it. And once it was not really useful anymore, it was discarded. The other way you can tell propaganda is that they'll actively like make something just a huge, huge issue and then just throw it away. It, it just disappears. That's so wild. And, you know, we see propaganda. So like COVID, for example, there was like a mass amount of propaganda um, for that. And so that could be a whole topic in itself. Just right, right off the top of my head, I think about the constant numbers on the TV, the constant reminder through uh, whether it's radio ads or Instagram ads, the virtue signaling for getting the shot. Um, what else? Oh, even just walking in the grocery store that repetitious message, I remember it got to one point, I was like, if I hear this one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. And like literally for the next three months, like my husband was the only one that went to the grocery store because I was like on the verge. I was like, I can't take this anymore. The big signs for shots and all of this, man, I just, ugh, it's gross. So um, moving on. So I want to say we highlight, you know, BLM and defund the police, but there's also a lot of propaganda that goes into politics. And so we can point out some propaganda for um, even Republican side, Democrat side, no matter what it is. Like, I think that uh, Make America Great Again, uh, there is a lot of uh, propaganda and thought that went into that. So I'd be interested to hear your perspective uh, from pol political propaganda. Yeah, so the propaganda, usually it should be really defined and seen as like a neutral tool. The thing about what makes persuasive communication and messaging go from being just marketing where, you know, where we market things, we, we try to tell people the values and benefits of things and that they should, you know, take a specific action, like buy it. That's marketing. But propaganda, it tips into propaganda when you're intentionally hiding the expected outcome. The, the action you're giving them. So if you're selling them a product that you intentionally know is going to cause a different outcome, like, you know, uh, but I would say make America great again. I wouldn't, it is propaganda, but I wouldn't say it's like a, it's black propaganda. There's white propaganda, you know, there's gray propaganda and then there's black propaganda generally. That's how they categorize it. COVID was very much black propaganda, very, very hidden. The outcomes were very hidden. They thought, oh, if I take the shot, everything will be fine. And we know that's not true. And uh, with Make America Great Again, it is a per persuasive message, but I don't think that the outcome is necessarily hidden or, you know, used to deceive people. I think it's pretty clear. The actors within politics, you know, they can be pretty shady, but I think overall the message there is is pretty positive versus a negative 
propaganda campaign like um, COVID? Um, I guess I'll turn it to like our own like inner circle or friends or family that we might be dealing with. And so how do you know if your friend has been brainwashed? Oh, that's easy. They usually repeat things. They usually just go on a like a sort of track. There's like a script. I call, I call honestly, I call it like interfacing with a chatbot. You know how a chatbot, you only have a few options you can select and they'll only have a limited amount of responses. Um, that's really how you can tell. Now, when you're dealing with someone like that, well, you're, when you're dealing with a chatbot, you can always say, hey, I want to talk to a real person. <laughs> you can sort of get out of it. But when you're dealing with someone in your family or a friend or colleague or whatever who is stuck in that propaganda, they're stuck in that like script and they can't really think outside of that, you're going to have to, you know, start a long campaign of basically extracting them out and trying to expose them to reality. Because one of the things that, <laughs> now I know so many of us feel like we understand propaganda and we're like up on it, we're hip, we get it, we're not going to be brainwashed, yada, yada, yada. But the amount of like corrosive, the, the corrosive effect that propaganda actually has on the brain and has on consciousness and the, be able, and the ability for someone to interface with reality is really profound. And that's why I want to talk more about it. Like we never hear about these um, psychic associative effects of propaganda where it literally makes it so that your thoughts are now disconnected from your actual actions. Now that's pretty profound where you can think a certain thing, like you can say, oh, I'm pro-life, I'm pro this, I love kids, I love kids, I wanna protect kids, but then advocate for killing children, literally. You know, that's where the disconnect is and that's what the propaganda can actually do. It literally disconnects people from being able to use their mind to think and logically see it through. And that's pretty profound. So when you're dealing with someone like that, the only thing you can start to do is you know, you have to start profiling them, understand how bad it is, and then try to start asking them questions so that they can, so that you can be the training wheels of what should be their ability to just logically process information because that effect, that's effectively gone. Like they don't have that ability. That's really so deep and extremely toxic. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, that's got that's a lot of hard work. That's a big commitment to make to someone to get them to wake up. But it's important, especially if you love them. So yeah, what else are you doing? What else are you doing? But, Just do it for fun. It's like what's the big deal? Or get them, or you can you can you can MK Ultra them to like buy you Chick Fil A every morning. Like just do it. Just have fun. Yes. I mean, I think that when it comes down to programming, I, I do believe that we're all programmable. It's just whether or not you have control over what programs you. And one big thing that I warn people about that's like within this movement, you know, truthers or truth seekers or people that are willing to like stretch the imagination, um, really one shows that you're, you have the critical thinking ability, which is great, but propaganda is not just on TV. It's around us all the time, especially with the amount of time we spend on social media platforms and in different circles, especially online circles. Like I, for instance, spend some time on Twitter spaces. And there's so many anonymous accounts and people faking who they are, um, have other identities and have ulterior motives. So it's not just propaganda coming from some mainstream thing that you know like oh my god it's cnn don't look 
let's protect the mind. But meanwhile, um, there's like actual agents online that are meant to cause chaos online. And that's really, really dangerous. And people, I think, are not aware of it at this point, especially at the rate that like the internet is moving. We went from a place of like, you know, being live and actually connecting people, connecting with people who are real people to going into, like I said, like a, a Twitter space, like you just don't know who's behind that profile. Hopefully you can figure it out. Hopefully they say something to trigger you to understand, but it's not always so easy. No, I agree. That's why people need to be hip to understand what's happening because it's not just like the CNN, it's everyone. That's why it's also important, equally as important as us taking the responsibility to counter that propaganda, to push back. If so many people are just not sophisticated enough to actually respond to things like, oh, someone calling you a racist or someone saying you're a conspiracy theorist, um, we need to create better messaging around that. And unfortunately, like the influencers, like conservative influencers and everybody, they're all trash, most of them. They, they just do fear porn. There's never a solution. How many times, like how articulated, how well articulated has it been all of the problems, but we never hear any of the solutions ever. There's no solution. How do you respond to one? How, we don't even have one response to one thing on the right, I would say. On the left, however, they're specifically trained to do and carry out these psychological operations. That's what the left is able to do. That's why they're able to do so much that they can with the degenerates that they have. I mean, they have literal trash people and they're able to take over education, take over the uh, you know, whole city councils and take over all of these things because they have that discipline. Whereas on the right, they don't they don't respect it or believe in it uh, or even give it legitimate concern. So yeah, you're totally right. People are not sophisticated. They think that propaganda is one thing. They think it's someone telling them or trying to brainwash them, where in fact, all of us are open to brainwashing because there's two types of propaganda that I would like to say, you know, this is not the official way that they describe it. So don't come for me for that. But there's like the mechanical aspect of, I'm just going to wear you down like water wears down rock. I'm just going to keep repeating it. I'm going to be that little grocery store COVID message that keeps repeating until you break down psychologically. Because physically, every time you hear and receive a stimulus, there's a physical response. Your body produces neurons. Your body produces connections. It, it builds up and reinforces things. And then there's a spiritual attack where it's the spiritual aspect of I'm going to make you afraid. I'm going to... Um, have social pressures. I'm going to have people around you pressuring you. That's not like more of the spiritual, which is more, you know, it's all in the mind. It's all mental. But you, do you get what I'm saying? The, the two distinctive sort of wearing you down versus suffocating you from like a mental plane spiritually. So I like to separate it out that way. Yeah, definitely. And I think that a lot of the left's messaging and their way of being is because the end result is not actually action for the people that follow that. The action is to relinquish more control to the people who put out the messaging in the first place. And so for me, being in a lot of conservative spaces, I will kind of push back on that for you is I am in several circles where it is about action, where it's about uh, forming peaceful assemblies, where it's about taking over school boards, where it's about becoming um, a precinct committeeman, um, because those are all places where people could be to actually contribute to 
you know, just restoring or recreate. I don't know if it's restore or recreate at this point, but whatever needs to happen to bring uh, the United States of America back to uh, a sane place. Um, we have had this this banner of like the greatest country in the world for, you know, all of these years and strongest military and land of opportunity and all of these things. But the very citizens who our residents here don't don't see it that way. It's it's all about the negative and the problems. So I think that that's citizens as a whole contributing to all of that. And it's again, I think the end message is for people to just relinquish more control. So for the right, you see people fanning over Trump and Matt Gates and MTG and all of these things acting as if I, I really hate to even make a comparison to say acting as if these people are celebrities because celebrity worship is all also just fucking terrible, but you see people responding in that way. If you're responding in that way, then how can you possibly as a citizen be like, I'm voting for this person because I want them to be held accountable. If you're a super fan, you're probably not holding that person accountable. Yeah, that's true, unfortunately. And, you know, a lot of people we have to crowd around and have these idols that we sort of worship. So it is about accountability. And I think more than anything, you're right about the right being, you know, taking action. What I was referencing was more like the influencers, more like the the thought leaders on the right. If you look at the major like influencers, all they do is complain and watch TikTok videos and say people are messed up. It's like, okay, <laughs> why are they messed up? How do we fix it? Like, how do we reverse it? Those are, the certain, those are the things. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of patriots on the ground. There's a lot of people on the ground realizing um, that we took the wrong course and we need to take corrective action. And, you know, ultimately, I just blame the boomers. <laughs> no, the boomers are the problem. No, I joke. Um, it's funny because they had such a amount, a long amount of time and so much change has happened, you know. They got to benefit from a lot of things that we don't get to benefit now because the system is just going down the toilet. But yeah, we have to take corrective action. We can't blame anybody. And we have to figure out how to stop people being so passive. You know, I think that there's a lot of positive happening where people are noticing, hey, all of our food is poison. Like that should be an issue for people. Um, the whole trans thing. Honestly, I'm going to do a video on that as well where it's talking about the trans thing and how we message and frame that so poorly. We the, the left, what it does is it does a really good way of teeing things up to get us to react in a specific way. They understand how we're going to perceive things. They understand us better than we understand ourselves ultimately. And um, they know how to tee things up so they can get the response and then they can get a catalyst to go even further so they can say oh you're racist because you don't want to do this or oh you're homophobic because you don't because you don't want to do this or you don't support this or you're judging these people and the right is just like they just fall for it each time just each time it's like a looney tunes cartoon where it's like each time they do the same like like the road runner um every time falls for the same trap and that's the right and we have to stop doing that like for example i saw a clip recently i'll send it to you so you can actually play it where this guy is dressing up like Minnie Mouse, okay? He's dressing up like Minnie Mouse and he's explaining, I identify with Minnie Mouse. Now, we could say, oh my God, it's disgusting, these trans and the kids and blah, blah, blah. We could just simply say, you know, this is all fetish content, which is ultimately what it is. It's just fetish content. Like, 
the vast majority is fetish content. If we focus on that, then it's not specific to trans or gay or whoever. It's just we don't want fetish content being displayed because when this grown man is doing this little costume with his little wiener and his little like panties and he's like doing this stuff or running with a chainsaw and his panties on, that's fetish content. We need to get rid of fetish content. And and that's ultimately what we're we're participating in. But because the right is so reactionary, they don't think about, hey, how do I frame this? So I can also seem superior. I can also, you know, exonerate myself while simultaneously, you know, achieving the ends that I need. It's it's really tricky. Yeah, I see that problem a lot. And when I have the opportunity to speak to people that repost, oh my gosh, some of this crazy stuff that's going on, like uh, for the Pride Parade, there's like some, you know, they're dancing in front of children and all of this stuff and they're reposting it. I'm like, that's literally, you're giving them more attention. Like write something about it, break it down, take your plan of action, say why you're against it or why that shouldn't be allowed. But for the love of peanut butter, stop it. Stop reposting this. And then Dylan Mulvaney, everybody reposting, reposting. I'm like, you don't understand that that's literally feeding the beast. You're exposing more people to this content and fueling the fire. Stop it. So I like your idea of just rebranding it to say it is this and not that. That's really important. What other advice do you have for the conservatives and the righties? Maybe you'll have their attention. Just start to understand actually what their methods are and their approaches, like understand your enemy. The right doesn't understand the left very well. They just are reacting to their, you know, bizarre behavior that just seems to keep getting weirder and weirder. You have to take time to understand what is their philosophy? What is their end goal? What is their goal? Like you said, gaining power. A lot of people on the right don't really understand that. Their goal is to just gain power. It is not about trans issues. It is not about um, disabled ho disabled homosexuals from Vietnam. It's not about any of that. It's about gaining power. So they'll use whatever method is possible. And so we have to make sure that we're not feeding into their narratives. We understand how to approach things, how to frame things, how to respond to these criticisms in a way that doesn't alienate people. Because we can't, we're dealing with people who have no instruction, have no, you know, direction or role models or ideas of morality, this next generation coming up, I mean, they're not going to have anything. They have no semblance of what is right and what is moral, what is correct. So you're going to have to train people from the ground up. And unfortunately, adults, you're going to have to train adults too. Um, so we have to really look at that. And I would also say the right doesn't do well with incrementalism. They think that you just need to repent and change and do it now. And it's like, dude, I get told all the time, oh, tell people to go to Christ. And I'm like, listen, this, these people are literally Satanists. Like, why don't we just get them to not inject themselves with a deadly MNR, MNR, <laughs> RMNA vaccine first? Why don't we get them to not buy into the social credit score first? And then we could tell them about Jesus. It's a slow progression, okay? Because like, as soon as you mention Jesus, they shut down. I've seen it so many times. So it's that that whole strategy. There's so many things that need to improve. But if we just learn how to have a basic conversation with people, ask them questions, get them to disarm, use what is called tactical empathy. 
okay? Tactical empathy. It's you asking questions, trying to understand where's the weak point? Where can I gain empathy? Where can I gain solidarity? So I can start to work on them. And I can start to, you know, identify what motivates them and things like that. That's all tactical empathy. People who are in hostage negotiations, that's what they use. They use tactical empathy. They don't just yell at people, hey, you're immoral and degenerate and your hair looks stupid. No, they try to understand where these people are coming from so they can identify how they can gain their trust and get them to comply with their actions. And it's it's not a weakness, it's a smart move. I agree, that's a very smart move and good advice. Would you say that the power dynamic, that there's more people on the right, and I'm just saying this because what you're saying is like resonating with me and a problem that I see is that because of all of the like name calling and people like literally having their lives ruined from being called names, that we've lost the focus that like, power is really what we want to be able to change this. Like, I almost feel like more people are fighting just for you to be like, listen, I just need you to have some common fucking sense here. I just need you to wake up. I just need you to see what I see. And so because we're so focused on that, like, let's just put it in quotes and call it the red pill movement. We're so focused on that, that we're actually losing focus of, of the real goal at this point. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I love that you called that out, by the way, because that's a huge, huge issue. And that has to deal with um, this is going to be another topic. I'm jumping around. Sorry. But this is like getting in the mindset, the mindset of somebody who is someone who is receiving propaganda, the receiver, the target of the propaganda and the person actually creating the propaganda, creating the message. The person who's creating the message is not is not worrying about whether or not you agree. Okay. They're not sitting there worried. Oh, my cousin's just not agreeing with me. They said that I'm wrong. And that's the trap that most of us fall into is we're trying to have these interpersonal, like normal, logical, human, real conversations with people who have suffered severe psychosis from propaganda most of the time. And we have to disconnect our, our ego and our emotions and understand it's a process to get them out of that. So you can tell them something once. This is just like in sales normally in sales, you don't just say, hey, buy this. And if they say no, you're like, oh, oh my God, I give up on Shirley. I give up on John. You know, you don't like freak out and like lose your shit. You're just like, okay. And then you come the next time. You come the next time. You gather more data, understand what is their problem? What is it that they gain out of this perspective? What is it that um, they're, they see as a benefit? You know, they do more and more research. They do more and more. And then they come with another offer and another offer. And that's essentially what you're going to do. You have to have this disassociation. You have to stop feeling like um, if they don't agree with you, the world is over. And that makes a hostile situation. And that just really ultimately leads you away from, you know, being successful with them. So what we need to do is instead start to understand it's a process. And I'll have a video. I have a video on this actually on my YouTube as well. It's about how to talk to family, um, how to how to um, how to help people MKL for themselves. So you have to start that process, understand where they come from, use that tactical empathy, ask them questions. What is the perceived benefit for all of these things? And then you can create and tailor your messaging around that. If they believe that capitalism and there's oppression and systematic racism and injustice, and they believe communism is the answer, hey, you understand what they think the problem is. Now you can go ahead and say, oh, actually, like us not having a social credit system would help make things better. 
like all the women who were talking about, you know, defund the police and all this. Oh, you're worried about crime? Well, let me explain why having gun rights is better, why having a healthy police force is better, why having this and that and that is better than your solution. Presenting these things in a logical storytelling manner, okay, this isn't just spouting facts at people, this is like giving them a story, giving them context, is the only way you can do it. Because again, when people are heavily propagandized, words and information that are coming out of your mouth don't necessarily have any meaning. They don't necessarily connect or stick or spark any sort of image in their head. They don't actually, you have to understand this, they don't actually see value in being free. You might think that sounds weird, but if you're a victim, if you say you've been victimized, why, what, what, what value is freedom to you? What value is, is having gun rights to you? You're never going to defend yourself. Why would a victim defend themselves? It would take them out of being a victim. So all of these things can exist. They're not on the surface, but that's why we have to make sure we approach people and get out of the mindset of just, oh, I'm just talking to somebody and really get start getting into the mindset of, oh, I'm going to really, I'm going to help save this person from drowning. I'm going to be able to convince them. Yeah, that's really good advice, Layla. Thank you for that. Uh, what, it, what it sparked in my mind was the people when you're having an argument with someone, even someone you really, really love, and you could tell that they're not listening because they're just waiting to respond to the one thing that you said. When you are thinking of a response, you're not listening to that person. And so that might help us a little bit more in the conversation too, is like, just don't be thinking about always know the steps, I think, of how you're going to attack it, but be so familiar with it that you don't have to think about it. So you can actually listen to what that person is saying. And that'll probably sharpen you up much better, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because again, a very important step is that tactical empathy. If you're not actually listening to them and understanding what are their pain points, you're not going to be able to flip around and say, oh, well, you care about being able to buy Krispy Kreme anytime you want. Well, if you have a social credit system, da, 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 this is, you know, whatever it is that they want. Because for me during COVID, the most insane humiliation ritual that I consider it is like where they were offering people, you can get a free Krispy Kreme donut if you get this injection. And I was just like, bruh, if these people want Krispy Kreme donut, conservatives should be like, here, Krispy Kreme donuts for everybody if you just believe in freedom and, and read this, you know, like do this basic thing, like whatever it is, we can't prioritize what's important to people. We just have to be able to manipulate what it is. We should have been better with the care the counter narrative on that one going up against like where they're giving out shots. I didn't see anybody protesting CVS or Walgreens or Walmart, even something peaceful, like just to sit in to make people like as they're walking up going like, what is this about? you know, at the risk and stuff. I really feel, I really feel like we as a society failed on that because um, we were so heavily censored online. But I think that was also part of, um, part of the program was to just kind of frustrate us beyond belief. And that wore us down in our own thing. Cause it was like, man, I can't even say anything on my own Instagram. So what the fuck is the point of telling this person or taking action? It's very, I was really sad. So many people felt really, really isolated if they were trying to speak up and not able to have like a connection of friends or family, whether it be in real life or online. A lot of people felt isolated when they weren't choosing to be isolated. And I, that was a big contributing factor. I think we've all been through a lot. I know for me personally, I have some PTSD 
from COVID, I always, um, not always, but sometimes before I go to sleep, I think, what am I going to do if I wake up tomorrow and this is like started all over again? Like, how am I going to react and how am I going to react differently? And what is being done right now to protect us from this ever happening again? It's, it's like really freaky. I'm not afraid, not afraid, but it is scary. Well, I will tell you one thing. My horror is knowing that I didn't go to the hot bar before they closed it during COVID because I was really into getting the breakfast at Whole Foods, okay? And they shut that down. I was like, you know what? I want to lose weight. I want to be thin. So I'm not going to get this bread pudding and I'm not going to get the bacon. I'm not going to get it. And then they shut it down. That is my fear. No, I'm controlling. <laughs> But no, if it happens again, yeah, there's actually another clip and I hope you show it during the podcast where Bill Gates actually says, you know, we didn't anticipate so many people resisting. They, they didn't anticipate it. So I think that the small portion of people did resist. They definitely made sure to demoralize us as much as possible, make us feel like our actions were, you know, irrelevant and not important and all of these things. They were definitely so good at demoralization. They had the upper hand before, but now that's not going to be the case. And if it's any consolation, they need to throw the aliens coming with COVID, coming with racism, like racist aliens coming down with COVID in order to really, really, I think, start to get us. Because <laughs> people are always like, are they going to do all of them? And I'm like, yeah, they're probably going to do all of the operations to see which one sticks. I mean, honestly, it, <laughs> I don't know if, you've, if you're familiar with Project Bluebeam, where they're trying to do the alien thing. But every time I think about Project Bluebeam, I think about some like some dude in the 1960s, like some CIA agent being like, oh man, this is going to be so sweet. They're never going to, this is going to take over the world. And right now you have Gen, Gen Zers being like, oh, aliens? Okay, who cares? Like that's how much society changes. So we can overcome. The human ability to overcome, I think is really profound. But yeah, I... Yeah, I have the PTSD too about that hot bar. I really loved their little like strawberry, like bread pudding. It was bread, it was strawberry bread pudding. I swear to God, I was so mad at myself. I was like, if this is how I die, I will really be pissed. <laughs> we have to overcome this. So I think of my bread pudding. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Project Bluebeam. I saw a clip today and it was about people crying about how they can't afford to live. And it really got to me to see so many people now, again, is this propaganda? Who is putting it out? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, sure. But just hearing people kind of pour out their heart to say, like, I don't care that the government said that there is aliens because I literally can barely afford to live. Like, I'm struggling to pay rent. I'm struggling. Like, I'm on the border of being homeless. I don't eat as much as I should be eating because I'm so poor at this point. And, you know, then pointing to the aliens is, was just kind of like a side note to it. But I also didn't hear any of them talking about like, why is that happening and who's responsible for it? Um, and it's almost like this group of people is waiting for the government to be like, you know what? It's our fault that inflation happened. It's our fault that the supply chain is broken. It's our fault that we start these endless wars and spend all this money. Um, I want to go back to like the reparations space that I was talking about is one thing that really resonated with me was hearing some of the reasons like 
like the argument to get reparations, but the fact that our own government spent so much money and all of these wars, and then just especially right now in Ukraine, because people were saying that we're against it, we're saying, oh, well, you know, the country can't afford it. You're asking us literally to double our debt to make this payment. And just me personally, I would rather see American citizens, even if it is a small select group, receive a payout before we send the money to another country. And so that was one thing that I felt was important for me to learn in that moment. But I also don't think it's the government's responsibility to um, necessarily either make those payments or to carry its population in such a way. I think that we're lacking a lot of personal responsibility. And that comes from who you vote for, where you shop, what you say online, how you treat people. Like we're really, really lacking a lot of personal responsibility at this point. Oh, I agree. And it's a good point that you bring up the whole Ukraine thing and they're sending money to Ukraine, but then we have people starving here and the baby formula shortage, for example, like all these things. And these are all part of how you successfully conduct, you know, a propaganda campaign. You have to have a lot of contradictory narratives because you have to, again, you're producing a psychosis in these people. You're producing this cognitive dissonance where you have to agree with one thing, even though it's contradictory. And even though it's this, and even though it's that, it's like, I need to support Joe Biden because he's not racist and he's nice, even though he's giving the money to this and the, the economy is bad. And the, 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 but Trump is Evil. Like, you know, it's creating that chaos within their minds. So it, they have to do it this way. They can't do anything logically. Otherwise, people might snap out. Because as soon as the music starts playing in tune, you might actually hear the song. But when everybody's like playing off tune, they might be playing the same song, but you can't really hear it because it's just like, what what's going on? I feel like there's so much static. There's so much going on. Uh, there's so much um, noise. But as soon as that noise is released, you're going to hear the song, you're going to hear the music and be like, wait a second, let me wake up and, and take note. So it's it's really diabolical. I think it's kind of hot, but it's kind of diabolical too. It's, <laughs> I think it's, it's interesting. It's kind of liberating to make sense of it all. That's why when you start to understand why they're doing it, there's a method to this madness. You feel less out of control. You feel less like, oh, this just doesn't make any sense. This this is so frustrating. You know, it it does make sense you need to create that state in their minds where they're constantly contradicting themselves because if they're not, then they might correct and start to think and see things through. But again, they're useful idiots for a reason because they don't really see things through naturally. And they also, they also don't advocate for their best interests. That's a huge, huge profile. When you see someone who will advocate for their best interests, you should immediately start to, you know, deprogram them and bring them in because that mechanism, that, that, um, Virtue alone is a huge, huge differentiator between someone who's just a lost cause and someone who just needs to be deprogrammed and taught a better way. Because, I mean, honestly, if you're with dealing with a person who just doesn't care about their best interest, doesn't care about whether or not they eat or not, but care about Ukraine or something like that, there's nothing you can say to somebody like that, don't you think? Definitely. it's It goes back to being in a conversation with a brick wall. They just have their talking points and that's all they want to get across um also came across that in that same space was uh tried bringing up like not me but someone else on the panel tried bringing up um globalist and uh the world economic forum and how you know social credit scores and how even something like reparations can be used to bring in um the central banking and the digital currency and all of these things and it was really unfortunate that the person that was explaining this did it so well 
And I feel like so many people are on the same page and probably nodding their head in the audience when the person that had the chance to speak was like, all right, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I don't see how that's relevant to this conversation because I just really want my reparations. And that made me feel like incredibly sad that they don't see that like one is tied to the other. Like, how can we talk about, you know, just this one specific topic that is so self-serving and we're not caring about like the rest of the nation? Like I said, I would prefer Americans get that money. Sure. But you have to ask yourself, like, is is it worth all of this money? Where is that money coming from was a question that was not very well explained. I was given some resources to maybe point me in the right direction for that. So I'm in no way trying to have a reparations argument in the comments down below. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, we just need to to wake up and say, you know, what is in the betterment for all of us as a nation? And that's where a lot of us really can hit the wall because it, it seems like some people are just so one track mind and so um, selfish or self-serving. Um, and so many people are left out. Like I look, I live in New Orleans. Like it is crazy here. The crime is crazy here. Homelessness is there. Like, and veterans are treated so poorly. And I believe like you're in LA, right? You're dealing with a lot of the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm in LA. It's bad, but it's not as bad as it could be. I mean, this isn't San Francisco. God, that place, that's really like zombie ground zero. But yeah, I like, (laughs) I like what you say. Yeah. People are not going to think about the bigger picture that's not they're not very smart like what do you expect they're not smart enough to figure out it's a psyop being run against them so of course they're not going to get it no but it's true they're not they're very self-serving they're very selfish they're very petty and immature so we just have to do the best we can to just be like oh okay cool yeah you can have your reparations sure and um just dismiss them we have to dismiss a lot of people we're gonna have to dismiss a lot of people and honestly sometimes whenever i get disheartened i'm like you know what Maybe it is a good thing that the elites are planning to get rid of a lot of these people because it's like, it's bad out here. I'm so, I'm so trolling right now, (laughs) but seriously, we have to, we have to try to find a way to communicate, but I'm glad you, you made an effort. Definitely. Definitely. I want people to see like that there, there is more to life than just worrying about one thing having a one-track mind, falling for one scheme. And in reality, even if we did have a debate on reparations and whether I smashed it or the person on the other side smashed it, the thing is, is that none of us in that chat had the ability to make reparations happen. I will say that if that is something you're going for, rather than being um, not being able to provide adequate information as far as like where the money is coming from and so on and so forth, that doing your research in that and you can find unity in people once you make your case to then say, okay, yeah, I'm for reparations because there is going to come a point in time where people are going to need to um, either vote on it or try to advocate for you. So it's not just, I'm going to do it all on my own. Like the system doesn't work that way. And if we want to talk about how bad the system is and how bad the system has been for years and years, what makes you think that doing it on your own is going to be better than unifying with people that can also see the points and what it is, what you're doing? Like nobody wants to see a one man band and nobody wants to be a one man band. Like it's not fun. It's so much work for, with very little reward. So that's my advice to people is whatever it is you're fighting for is to try to find a good argument for it and create unity as opposed to screaming at people and telling them um, that they're all kinds of names and you don't care what they think because that's obviously why you're vocalizing it in a space is because you do want people to care what you think.
Okay, we'll come together. We'll come to a way to get rid of our egos. And it's not really about um, being submissive or anything like that. It's more of understanding that you're strategically positioning things so that you can take advantage of them. Like you can't do it by shouting at them. So, and, and when ultimately, like you have to have self-confidence, you have to be secure. You don't need to be validated by whether or not someone believes you or not. And when we get to that point, we can achieve a lot of things. We can help a lot of people because they're going to say no, they're going to get upset, they're going to react and we have to be able to power through it. We don't like, you know, dismiss a little baby every time they have a tantrum. We don't give up on them the first time they have a tantrum. So you can't give up on somebody who has severe psychosis from like propaganda being just completely propagandized for years. Um, but overall, I think we're going in a good direction. People are open, we're learning, we're evolving. And when the alien, when the racist alien virus comes down, um, we'll be able, trannies, we'll be able to deal with it. <laughs> So I'm just so conversation. <laughs> yeah, I I really am too, and I felt like it was definitely to the point. I felt like it was educational, and um. So my last question is to you: is if you had one minute to speak to the whole world, if this message was going to be broadcast like the mass propaganda, like George Floyd. Okay, <laughs> what would you say? I would say it's time for us to reach our real potential and stop thinking in this lower level. We're not meant to live like this or do anything just because people did it in the past doesn't mean we have to do it in the future. And I'm not talking about things like, you know, the whole gender binary. I'm talking about just <laughs> discarding that. I'm talking about we don't have to live a certain way. This is real time. We can decide. We don't want to have to have a federal reserve. We don't want to have to pay taxes. We don't want to have to do all these things. We don't want to have to eat poison. We can decide this is real time. These people are manipulating us as a whole to stay in the perpetual past or a future that doesn't exist. We have to be in the present right now and realize our real potential. And we're meant for so much more than this. All of these devices, all of these things are synthetic, you know, reproductions of skills we probably had before, but because our brains have been destroyed and our DNA has probably been modified and who knows what else has happened in society, who knows what's going on. Um, we were not living up to our potential and it's okay. And whatever happened in the past happened in the past. And now we have to, be in the present and move forward intentionally. So I hope we can all do that and just be ready to learn. That was some awesome words of wisdom, Layla. I appreciate you coming on the show. And if you guys want to find out more from Layla, you can find her at Propaganda Fluid on Instagram, YouTube, Rumble, probably all over. Just punch it into Google and I know she'll pop up. She's got an amazing yeah. following because she produces amazing content. Thanks again for being here, Layla. I appreciate you. Thank you.